How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode number 210. I'm your host, Joshua J. Moskers, joined this week by special guest, Rennie, or Meat Sledge, of the Replay Rewind podcast. Hi. Thank you for being here. <clears throat> Thank you. Actually, it's Meat Wedge. Meat Wedge. Oh, I messed it up. Mm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's okay. I, this is what happens. I, 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 My handwriting went downhill when I was in college, taking so many <laughs> notes. And now I write things down. I think it's been two minutes since I wrote it down. I've already <laughs> screwed it up. Off to a great start. No but worries. It's definitely so a real name that makes a lot of sense, you know, so. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm really happy to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but um, hey, why don't you tell people a little about yourself, what you have going on, podcast, things like that. Sure. Um, I have, yeah, like you said, I have a podcast about children's movies, which is probably my most exciting thing that's happening right now. I'm also a nanny, and I used to be a cake decorator, so I feel like I have a lot of, I don't know, interesting, different jobs in my past. Nice. So I guess I'll start with this, I guess, before we... I, I do want to ask about the nanny stuff, because I find that fascinating. Yeah. But like, what, got, what got you into, like, baking? Was it cooking, like, in general, or is it baking specifically that you, you really yeah, got interested Yeah, just baking. Um, oh, okay. It, for some reason, like in my family, I just became like around 14 or 15. I, I feel like I made mm -hmm. a cake for someone's birthday, just like out of a box, you know, baked it. And they were like, hey, you did great. That's your job from now on. <laughs> well, <like laughs> so you then can I follow just, instructions on a box. Right. Well, my dad's yeah. like a great cook, but he's like, he's never <laughs> been a baker. He doesn't like to bake. He tells us that every opportunity. And it's like, we know <laughs> it's fine. Um and so it just became like, that was my job. And I actually was like, no, this is actually really fun. And so I just started baking from there. And I always wanted to do it professionally. But it is mm -hmm. one of those jobs that people don't want to hire you if you have no experience. No, and of yeah, course, no, I, I you know, yeah. how are you supposed to get it? So I actually was working at a video game store. And one of our regular customers came in and she was just like, oh, I had to decorate so many cakes today and that's not even my job. And I was like, well, girl, what do you mean? Like, tell me more. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I manage the Walmart bakery. And I was like, give me a job. And so she did. And so that like got my foot in the door. And then I just worked at several different bakeries after that decorating because that's just, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, just, I fall on the side of cooking as opposed to baking. Yeah. And my girlfriend makes a, they'll make a bunch of things. Uh, like homemade like fudge they'll make cakes brownies things like that yeah but I'm, i very much fall into the category of like cooks who just sort of throw ingredients together because i think it'll taste good i don't right. really follow recipes yeah um, there's a lot more room for experimenting being like yeah. i don't know let's try it out whereas with baking you're like it exploded like you have to <laughs> it exploded it's inedible let's yeah try something else <laughs> yep i actually just threw a gingerbread house decorating party for eight of my friends and so i made nine gingerbread houses like ahead of time and then <laughs> we all put them together and like everybody got to decorate them nice what, do you, what do you do with the gingerbread houses then when the season is over well i made one and my husband made one and mm -hmm. we are eating his and mine is oh, okay. left for because <laughs> he's like yeah we can eat it it's fine i threw in the towel mm -hmm. i want to eat it and i'm like mine is so beautiful i don't want it <laughs> So thankfully we, we have two. We had done a like a family gingerbread. There was like four of us that did this uh, a number of years ago where we did like the uh, obviously we didn't make them from scratch. We just bought like the kits at like mm -hmm. Target or something. Right. And, you know, they're like fairly good size, probably like 
eight to 10 inches tall or whatever, maybe. Yeah. And uh, we made that. And then I I got distracted and started eating it while we were assembling them. I'll, <laughs> I'll admit it. Uh, they, uh, they kept theirs. And then I didn't realize the, the one family member took it home mm-hmm. and just held onto it and like put it on like a paper plate and like wrapped foil around it and then just stuck it in the attic. Oh, and no. like the next year, <laughs> we come back and they're like, oh, here's my gingerbread house that we made last year. And I was like, that is terrifying that you still yeah. have that. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to keep it. Like, no, you know, New Year's rolls around. You throw that shit out. Like, that's. that's yeah. Oh, I'm like, you realize true. it's food. It, it does spoil. You know, it gets mold. Like, it's you're not, yeah. you're not using like small pieces of like timber here. <laughs> right. If you want to do that, like make it out of cardboard and then, Something. you know pull it out every year but ew gross <laughs> yeah i'm like that is icing on it like that's yeah like dairy <laughs> yeah Ooh. do you do you have like a favorite thing to make in, in baking wise or um for a while i was super into cheesecakes because they are mm-hmm. very they do have a little bit more room for like experimentation once you get that like base recipe down and figured out you can kind of, you know, get weird with like what you put in it as far as flavorings go. So for a while I was super into that. Now I'm kind of into, which is like baking adjacent um, marshmallows, which is like the same thing. Yeah. Whereas like you get that base, you know, you get like a, a good vanilla marshmallow figured out. Then you can get like real weird, you know, with like what you put in there. I've never even considered baking marshmallows. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, those are, are more like, like a mold that you use for this then? How's no. This um. I mean, you can put them in a mold, but mostly like you just put them in a big, you like cook them down and then they need to like whip for forever. And then you just put them in a, like a baking tray and let them set up overnight. Mm-hmm. And then you just flop them over and cut them into squares or whatever weird shape you wanted, I guess. Or you could put them into like a silicone mold if you felt, felt like it. This is, this is fascinating. I'm going to have to look into this. I've never <laughs> even thought of doing something like that. Oh yeah. They're super easy. And I mean, they're. They're really good when you make them homemade. They're just, they're a lot softer. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they're excellent. I haven't made any that will hold up to being roasted, though. They kind of fall apart in a fire. So uh, obviously, that is a huge part of the appeal of marshmallows. So I'm still working on that. I don't but. create a lot of fires in my house. So sure. I, I think I'm okay in that regard. <laughs> but I mean, every once in a while, you know, the pan gets a little hot in the stovetop and I leave <laughs> somebody else in charge of it, not to throw anyone under the bus, but every. <laughs> But yeah, no, it, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I try and like branch out with some things. Like, I, like I said, I focus a lot on like the actual cooking, mm-hmm. uh, like dinners and, and like meals, but we've, we branched out this past, uh, like summer made a bunch of like, uh, homemade, like ice creams, uh, yeah. gelatos, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is nice being able to like make all of your stuff homemade as opposed to going out and buying like, a. I was going to say a gallon of ice cream. I don't know if they've even sold a gallon size container of ice cream in my lifetime. It's all like one and a half pints or whatever or liters <laughs> oh yeah you can get those big like gallon buckets with the plastic handles that you oh that's true like, they do <laughs> yeah they, they do have that yeah, yeah but like just like sorbetto like stuff like yeah. that like we i love making that stuff at home because it's like you get just as much and it's yes. cheaper like we do yeah. uh, particularly like key lime gelato it's my favorite Ooh, probably that sounds good uh, yeah i used to work at a restaurant that we made our own gelato in-house and we made nice. a strawberry basil sorbetto that was just like nice. this is what summer should taste like you know like mm-hmm. it's so fresh and so sweet it's so good i don't think we made any strawberry one i know we did watermelon i made her watermelon nice. sorbetto because she loves that 
Yes. I mean, like. any fruit can be enhanced with basil. Just, yeah. just throw it in there. <laughs> and that, like also obviously like chocolate, like mm-hmm. vanilla. We did a white chocolate one. I did a mint chocolate, chocolate peanut butter, just keeping yeah. it. I, I, I like gelato in particular because it's like that little bit of creaminess to it. It's, it's yes. fantastic. Um, but is there, so obviously focus on the baking. Is there a reason you, you maybe aren't as interested in the cooking side of things? Um, I do like to cook. I do that also. I just am more like, I'll follow a recipe. I'll make some stuff up, but I don't know. There's something about baking that's really nice. I think my struggle with cooking is I can make one thing at a time, but trying to get like a whole meal to come together and all be Mm. like hot and ready at the same time is like, is where I fall short because I'm like, okay, I'm focused (laughs) on this thing. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, I didn't, I didn't leave enough time for that or left too much time or whatever. So. Yeah, that's that's one me. of the issues. Like with the like where we're at now, like our house is nice, but like when we move, I've considered building in our next place, but I feel like yeah. that's gonna be too much of a hassle. Yeah, but yeah, I just need more kitchen space because like right now it's fine. It is like compact enough that I can manage everything. Like you said, like having all the different pieces coming together mm-hmm. and still be hot at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it it it's like managing a kitchen almost to an extent, like an actual restaurant kitchen. Right. It's like all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm doing this. All right take this pan, clean this, get it out of the way quick. Like just maintaining everything at once, which is, yes. I mean, by the time people hear us, we'll be long past this, but like for the holidays, like we do seven fishes on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. uh, with my girlfriend's side of the family. And yeah. uh, that is, that's a whole process. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, get this pan in, all right, get it out of the oven now. I right, put this one in, swap this out, put this on top of the stove top. All right. Keep this warm, put this over here, put it in the microwave just to keep it from colon off or whatever it's right yeah it's that sounds lot. like so much i mean i i recently bought one of those ovens that, like i have two ovens on top of each other mm-hmm. so that's nice that's always been my like nice. baker dream yeah. you know where i'm like now i know i've made it i've got two ovens so i mean that would yeah. probably help but other than yeah i can't imagine <laughs> and no you're totally right every time i go look at a house i'm always just like yeah this house is nice but who designed this kitchen it's like the kitchen is always an afterthought you know like mm-hmm. yeah I mean, whatever there's a sink and a counter what do you want i'm like i need space for an island i need yeah. did you even think about this counter space this corner is useless you know like it, it's like they designed the rest of the house and then it's like whatever space is left that's where the kitchen is now. yeah it's like yeah. you should design the kitchen first the other the other rooms are just squares you know like mm-hmm. it's that hard <laughs> this one needs yeah. some thought yeah I, I get comments from from people i talk to sometimes because i want a flat top in our kitchen Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it's a very realistic idea. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, stuff like that would be awesome. Cause it's just like yeah. easier to clean. Like I'm like, this would be amazing. Just that, all the cooking space. I just need counter space in general. Yeah. But especially now for, I, I just had a cutting board. One of the companies I work with is a, a woodworking company. So I just had them make me a giant, like three foot by two and a half foot cutting board. Nice. Uh, yes. And, or, I forget what it is. It might be a little bigger than that even. But it's this giant like exotic wood cutting board. And I, I put it out and it's like half the size of our kitchen island. Mm-hmm. I'm like this is pointless. Yeah. <laughs> now I need a <laughs> bigger island. island. Isn't big enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's always. And I like I do have a bad tendency, especially when I was decorating cakes. Like my coworkers would always be like, mm-hmm. get your stuff off of my table. And I'm like, but I don't have <laughs> enough room. There is never enough room. I'd always be like, yeah, you've. You've heard of man spreading. I am cake spreading. Like this is <laughs> that part of the table belongs to me. This table is mine. Over there is mine. Like I'm really bad about it. So yeah, never, especially never the enough way I, space. 
especially the way I, I, I make dinner. It's like I get every ingredient out. I set them all on the counter at the same time. Yes. And it's like if I have the cutting board there, it's like that takes up however much space. Yeah. Like, well, you've got to because otherwise you're halfway through and you're like, I don't have this thing I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like getting everything as prepped as possible. So mm-hmm. when I'm making it, there's a few distractions as possible. Few yep. dirty dishes to set off to the side because I'm one of those people that just I clean dishes as I'm working because I don't like having stuff left over. Yeah. It's like, all right, so this is done stirring. I've got 15 seconds quickly. Wash this pan back to stirring. <laughs> mix and match in between. Yep. You either need like a sous chef who knows exactly what they're doing or it's mm-hmm. like, get out of my kitchen. Like either it's you come in the, here and you. the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's either like you have to you have to anticipate my next move. Like you said, like mm-hmm. running a kitchen where it's like you yeah. either better be exactly on the same page or just get out of my way because you're standing in front of the sink again. Yeah, the dog is a terrible sous chef. I oh tell my you god! What. Yes, he's like, how about I sit directly? I'll just lay down on the floor directly behind you while you're standing at the stove. <laughs> is this, this most convenient something. for you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I I worked uh, in a restaurant right when I finished high school. I was I was just like dishwasher. I didn't do a whole lot of anything related to food mm. prep, but they had me do it. It was a weird combination. They had me doing dishwashing. Didn't I didn't bust the tables or anything? I just dishwashing, and then they'd have me go in the back, and it was a like a Mexican restaurant I'd go in the back mm-hmm. and I would they had one of the uh potato presses for french fries so I'd do yeah. that I'd clean them all up and everything and then I'd make the salsa and that's what <laughs> I would do and I was like this is an interesting combination but whatever I'll roll it yeah it's fun I uh, guess- except for the the absolute stench of dishwashing was, was sure <laughs> yeah that's um I worked at well I don't work there anymore I think I can say it I worked at Whole Foods and oh, okay. our like the bakery was right next to the dish pit hmm. so yeah that same like it is hot in there and it smells terrible <laughs> well, you're i mean i don't know what this setup is was like there i only have experience with one restaurant kitchen oh. but like in my experience like i said it's just you put it through like the big square dishwasher like an express cleaner mm-hmm. but we're sitting there like spraying them off with like a, a pressure washer essentially and so yeah. you just have this mist of like dirty water up in the air so yep. it just clings to your clothes and your hair and everything so yep. it's disgusting yeah yeah. I I hope I just I lie to myself in that yeah real like fancy restaurants don't do this but of course they do they do yep the, it's <laughs> no matter where you are the dishes are always gross fortunately yeah. I mean they always liked us in the bakery because we were like well all, all of our dishes smell good so yeah you know none of this is gross it's all just like sugar <laughs> and cake you're welcome exactly <laughs> yeah do you have like a, a goal for like baking wise of like this is something I'd really like to do at some point in the future I don't think so. I mm. thought for a while that I wanted to have my own bakery. I don't know. I, If you look at my past job history, I'm very much like, that was fun and interesting and I tried it and now I want to do something completely different. So mm-hmm. I never, I don't really have anything that I'm like, this is what I want to do for forever. My mm. dream job would be to do whatever I want for the next <laughs> six months to two years and then just quit doing that and do something else without any kind of like gap in getting paid you know like having to work up to like a certain amount just like pay me a living wage and let me do whatever (laughs) i'll work just let me do whatever dumb shit i want to do at the Mm -hmm. time so um so as far as baking not really i think it would be very cool to this is going back to like being into marshmallows right now own a marshmallow cafe where it's like you just come in and each table has like a tiny little like fire where you mm-hmm. can sit around with your friends and just like roast marshmallows that you get that are like all these different flavors or whatever. So yeah. that'd be very cool. But again, I have to work on this recipe that holds up to being roasted. Yeah. 
it it's interesting like there's always that line of like at what point does your hobby become ruined by having it be your job which yes. is always something i was like concerned about like i enjoy i mean obviously the podcast i've been doing it for over 200 episodes mm-hmm. like i just enjoy talking to people meeting people and like learning things about like their backgrounds and their areas of expertise yeah and like so far i've not had any burnout which is nice and mm-hmm. i obviously I, I mean off podcast wise you know i do a lot of you know freelance work working with different people on different projects and stuff like that for marketing and again that's just more of the same essentially just me yeah. and people learning more about it just it just requires me to put in more effort as far as you know researching what it is they're doing and how i can help them but it's it's a ton of fun but you know i still have a day job to make up for extra expenses because freelance is not a a guaranteed source of income obviously sure but i know like a lot of number of people i know personally that have opened up restaurants uh who have a passion for for cooking and it's exhausting because instead of just being able to like come home and mess around with food and like cook something cool it's all right i have to get here get the restaurant like all prepped up in the middle of the morning essentially Mm-hmm. You know, get everything up and running. And then they're just working like 18 hours a day. Yeah. Just struggling away, hoping that it, it works out. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's exhausting. It is. Um, yeah, I've, I've worked in restaurants too where it's just you just like there's so much that goes into it. And it is constant. Mm-hmm. Like the restaurant that I worked at where we made gelato, I was there on day one. Like I helped open that restaurant and I was there for yeah. about a year and just like this you know yeah like 14 hour days when we first got Mm -hmm. started and we're like finding our groove and you know what's going to work out and what's not and then Mm -hmm. just like go home go to bed and go do it again like I absolutely did not go home and bake anything you know so like and that's actually the same thing it's why I stopped working at Whole Foods partially because it was just the stress of you know I still liked making the cakes but the stress of everything else Mm-hmm. was just taking all the fun out of it. And it was like, I don't ever want to look at another cake again, you know? And that's, you don't want this thing that you love to become something that just like, exactly. that you hate because uh, oftentimes because of like outside factors. Like I said, mm-hmm. it was just like the corporate-ness of working sure, at yeah. a big grocery store that was like, you have to have, you know, this many things done in a day. And it's like, there literally is not enough time. Like, I don't know what you want from me. It becomes centered around the business side of things as opposed to exactly. the creative enjoyment of it. And I, yeah. I, there's so many people I've talked to that have that sentiment about things uh, where it's like, I just want to come in and be creative and really just let ideas flow. And I think I can make interesting stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's not a smart business decision because it's like this is taking time and money mm-hmm. away from, you know, from the business as opposed to just me being able to enjoy myself. And uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people out there who are fortunate enough to be able to do something they really enjoy for a living and not have it ruined. Yeah, but it's hard to be in that situation and still make a living. Yep. Um, but it's I don't know. It's it's an interesting uh, dynamic. Obviously, uh, one of the other things I wanted to touch on too was uh, kind of switching gears. You you worked as like a nanny. How did you? Yeah, get that is that my current baking? job. Okay, yeah. Well, I I've also always like had two jobs like my whole life. <laughs> I usually have one or two. I mean, I usually have two, at least. <laughs> so <laughs> it was one of those things. I was like, yeah, I'm working here, but I can all you can always use extra money, you know. So I had it was just something that interested me, like 
being a nanny and getting to hang out with children, I was not in a place at the time to like have my own kids. So I was like, you know, I like hanging out with kids. They're very cool. And it just seemed like, especially, you know, if you get, if you just have like one kid and they're like eight months old, super Mm -hmm. easy. You just kind (laughs) of sit with them. So I was like, that would be fun. You know, it seems interesting. Again, like I said, just what, what else can I do? That seems like fun. Let me see if I can try it. And so I knew a girl who was working with a family and she, she had two part-time families and she had been giving an opportunity to go work with this one family full time for like a lot more money. And so she was like, I'm taking that, but I would like to find someone cool to take over my two, you know, part-time families. And she's like, I know you said you had interest in, you know, getting into this business. So why don't you come meet these people and I'll vouch for you again. It's another like area where people are like, you have no experience watching kids professionally. I don't know if I want you hanging out with my kids. It's like, but I promise I'm cool. I just have never done it before. So just having this person that I knew being like, yeah, come, come hang out with them. See if, you know, if you guys click, if the parents like you. And so she worked for an agency that was kind of like helped me get in, in that direction. You know, she was like, I know this girl, she's really cool. And so then I worked for them for a couple of years until, um, the pandemic happened and their mom Mm -hmm. lost her job. And so she was like, well, now I'm home all the time. You know, we don't need you. You're great, but I'm home now. So, so I've had a couple different families since then. And now I'm working with this family. I've been with them for two years and they're awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, It's, I I don't obviously don't have experience being a nanny of any sort, (laughs) but it, it was, it seems strange. Like, I don't know what the situation is and I don't want to pry too much if I, if it's not a good idea, sure. but like, uh, like how does, how is the dynamic work of just going into these places and being like, hi, I'm, you know, I'm like your nanny now. Like how, how does this dynamic work between you and the kids? Like it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is kind of strange. Um, I got, lucky in that the especially the family that I'm working with now they have two boys and the older one is four so he was two about to turn three when I started working there and two-year-olds are just kind of like whatever you know (laughs) sure oh you now you live here okay and then their other kid she was actually still pregnant when I interviewed with them so he hadn't even Uh, born so as far as he knows I'm just I've been there his entire life so but it it can be interesting because I've also worked with older children who are like you know, that first family that I worked with, they're very much like, well, we miss our other nanny. What happened to her? Like, you're cool, but where'd she go? And why are you in charge of us now? And yeah. so, yeah, and it is a, it's a weird feeling a little bit too of like, I don't know, you are in charge, but you're not like the ultimate in charge. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the most difficult hurdle of like, you have to listen to me, but also I have to listen to your mom. Yeah. I don't know. They get upset and like, I'm going to go tell on you to the person who pays your bill. Right. Okay. <laughs> I have had Who's one the... kid jokingly be like, um, you're going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Then you'll never see me again. They're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. We don't want that. <laughs> but this, the family that I work with currently, at least, is not home. The other two that I worked with, their parents would be home sometimes, which that's the weirdest that's strange yeah. for me is that it's just like, you know, they're they're working from home or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, something happens and they're like, oh, I'm going to go ask dad. And I'm like, no, don't. He's like, we have to just pretend like he's not here. 
<laughs> but yeah. And then they wind up on CNN or whatever where they walk in <laughs> on their dad giving right. a, a speech. <laughs> You're like, oh no, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I don't know. It's strange. Like, I, we don't have any kids. The closest thing I have to like babysitting in general was actually my little brother who's adopted. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I'm 29 and he is 10. So there's a very oh, wow. large age gap there. Yeah. And it, I mean, they adopted him uh, when he was like one, I guess. Is they, he came through like the foster system and then they uh, applied to fully adopt him. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's weird. Like, as far as he knows, I've been around, you know, his entire life. Right. Um, from my perspective, it's like there's just this newborn child that has no relation to us who is just suddenly in our life. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I was, I was, I guess I would have been 19 at the time. Um, when they adopted him, it was weird because I'm like, I'm helping. I mean, I didn't live with my my dad and stepmom, um, so I just go out to visit them. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll just help with the the infant mm-hmm. that's here currently. This is a weird yeah. dynamic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it is weird. Like I said, it's my only experience with like watching like someone grow up is mm-hmm. with my little brother. And it, I don't know. It's nice being at the age where I can actually like appreciate that. As opposed to having been, you know, like a child myself at the time, I probably wouldn't. Right. Uh, yeah, it probably it, wouldn't have meant as much. It's so cool to watch them grow up, and especially, like I said, this baby that I've known his whole life is—he mm-hmm. just started learning to talk, and so it's just like, oh my god, he said this thing. You know, you're just you're as excited as you know the parents are, and watching them mm-hmm. get—I don't want to say smarter, but you know, learn more things yeah. and like have more interesting opinions and start having their own opinions. It's just very cool. <laughs> very cool to watch it, kids grow up and become little people. I don't know. Is there like a moment, like obviously like if parents aren't around and you're, you're watching them, like, like those moments that like parents miss out on, is there ever like, like, what is that like explain to like the parents like, Oh, you missed out on this today sort of thing. Like obviously like if a parent was gone and the, like the baby just started like walking or like start speaking or whatever. I'm sure yeah. they're enough that they see these these moments as well, but sure. And it, there's usually, you know, some. It's not like one day they have no interest in walking, and the next day they're running around the house. There's For some sure. lead up yeah. to it, and they're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I think that's gonna happen." But you know, I've only fortunately only ever had like one baby baby where it was like, you know, his first steps anytime I soon. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm sure it happens all the time where people who work all the time, you know, and have a nanny like miss really important things. But mm-hmm. you just have to. I don't, you know, if you can get it on video, I guess, do that or just communicate with parents. Or sometimes I think you just lie and just say, (laughs) I think that they're going to do this thing, you know, pretty soon. Or it seemed like he was trying to do this. And then you just let them experience it for the quote unquote first time, you know. Yeah. Because like, who cares? At the end of the day, they're not your kid. You know, it's their kid and they should get to experience that. And you're like, I mean, you're excited for them, too. And you're like, okay, I got to have it. And that's our little private moment. But then we'll tell your mom it didn't happen yet. Yeah. Yeah. In in my personal experience, it's funny because, like, obviously, with my little brother, it's like in the family. So it's like, okay, it's, you know, I'm more of a part of this than I would be like watching someone else's kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trying to not in a malicious way either, but just like plant the seeds for ideas with him like no no you you're really interested in soccer yes you're this is something you're really interested in i'm telling you this as as your older brother like you need to understand that this is how this is going to (laughs) be i mean 
selfishly and i i think some people might get mad about it but selfishly i think that's the coolest thing about having children being around young children is you get to be like no let me introduce you to some cool shit you know like oh you've never heard this band oh we're we're into this now you get to form their little their little brains but also kind of you know bigger things like that um just be that person who maybe is more accepting for them than their parents might be or introducing new ideas to them so it's weird your kids are into baking too every kid i've ever watched has been into baking (laughs) so strange (laughs) i'm very upset about they weren't into it before i showed up but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like oh we're gonna be making stuff like that's my (laughs) idea of a good time i like to color and i like to bake so that's what we're doing Mm. (laughs) yeah I, i know like with my little brother too like I, I joke, but he, he does enjoy like soccer, but like mm-hmm. we try and get, like get him invested in things that are either like educational or uh, like outdoorsy to an extent where it's like, let's just get him active. Let's yeah. get him, you know, learning things as opposed to let's sit him down inside and have him play a video game all day. Right. And I mean, anyone that listens to the podcast here knows like we definitely play video games. Sure. Uh, like it's something I enjoy, but. It, but just multiple want, interests you know i want you to also like this yeah thing. yeah, yeah. And, and part of it too is like i don't want to sit him down and be like dictating like what like we think he should be into mm-hmm. or not into it's like it's just like a like guardrails when you're bowling it's like we'll just keep yeah. you on track we don't need to yeah. you know force the the ball to go in one way or another specifically well, and two, I mean, you can introduce things, like you said, you can plant mm-hmm. seeds, you can make, you know, give opportunities, but at the end of the day, they're going to like what they like, they're going to mm-hmm. be who they are, you know, you can try and influence and guide, but you, there's only so much that you can do, and they're just going to, you know, if they, if he yeah. doesn't like being outside, ultimately, that's his decision, and he's going to come to that on his own, but... Like, he's, you know, if he'd never been introduced to that, he might not know it was a possibility. So I think, yeah, yeah it's just more about, like, introducing possibilities, being like, hey, check out this thing. I really like it, you know, and yeah, yeah, trying to influence a little bit. And we can always rationalize him as not liking something that we like is, you know, well, obviously he's adopted. So it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. We have our, our way out to yes. you know, calm our minds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Did this, so did the nannying have any, like, sort of like intro to your your show then your podcast or was this something completely separate no it was totally separate it was just i mean it was like a lot of podcasts that exist right now i think it was a little bit pandemic Mm -hmm. inspired um especially my co-host and best friend is a hairdresser and so they were not allowed to go to work yeah you know when everything was like super locked down i was nannying and working at whole foods so i was like i still had to go to work every day but they weren't Mm -hmm. allowed they were like i'm just in my house i'm not supposed to go anywhere i cannot go to work because you know it's very people facing yeah so they're like what if we started a podcast and i was like okay and we were just trying to think of we were both like listen to a lot of true crime but Mm -hmm. that is not something that we wanted to talk about because one super oversaturated as far as the market goes but also and I mean, we knew it before we started, but, and you know, you probably know this a little bit, like when you research something, it just gets stuck in your brain. Yeah. And I didn't want, you know, I'm fine with like, okay, I'll listen to this podcast about this grisly murder for two hours. And I'm like, oh, that sucked. But then I can turn it off and kind of go about my day. But if you're 
researching and writing, you know, an outline or whatever and trying mm-hmm. to get it to sound good. You're just like, yeah, I sat in this for weeks and it's all I can think about. And like, I have to get it out, which I mean, we experience that when we're talking about a certain movie or whatever, but at least it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's not, nobody died, hopefully. <laughs> so <laughs> we were going to do speaking. You, you mentioned like having stuff get stuck in your head, like we were yeah. going to do like a news based program, like separate from this, this show. And we quickly realize like how much of a time investment that is yes, and how difficult it is to stay relevant uh, yes. as far as like current news. It, it, it was so difficult because we would sit there and be researching like uh, we'd have like one big story and then we were going to do like two or three smaller ones and just kind of sort not necessarily connect all of them together, but just have it all flow into one show yeah, uh, through different segments. And we would get like, we'd try and get like current topics and the information would keep coming out so rapidly that we'd have to keep rewriting the show. And it's like, right. there's no way we can do this every week. Like it's just, things are changing too much in the time it takes for me to like record this, edit it and get it uploaded. The story is going to have changed. I'm like, yeah, there's it, new it, information and maybe my opinion yeah. has changed about it. I'm like, we just don't have the resources to process yeah. the show quickly enough to get it out in a way that it maintains like the integrity of the show. Yeah. But yeah, I would have those moments though. Like, while we're doing like, we did, I think two test episodes that we never released. I just Mm -hmm. recorded and edited them just to see if I could speed the process up or like just to listenability in general. And I would be researching topics and be like, it would just get stuck in my head. And -hmm. the same things happens uh, just with my writing. And I do a lot of like, just like fantasy and sci-fi style writing. Yeah. And, uh, same thing happens where I'll like be reading something or I'll see like a specific like image. Like I like a lot of the uh, custom artwork subreddits and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'll see like a particular image and be like, oh, that's cool. And I'll think of like an idea for something and I'll research it. And that's just a constant never ending cycle <laughs> that I feel like I deal with where it's like yeah. idea, research, get it stuck in my head. And then something else comes along and I'm hyper focused on that. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. There's that that happens to us quite a bit. There was a time we covered uh oh god, the brave little toaster and mm-hmm. that was just <laughs> fortunately I did not get sucked in, but my co- my co-host was just like listening to the soundtrack in their car. They like bought because it's you know based on a book that this guy wrote. They bought all of his books and were reading them and they were just like I have descended into the brave little toaster rabbit hole. Like this is yeah. my world now. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can't imagine trying to stay current with like things like that. Our all of our movies are they have to our cutoff is the year two thousand. So if it was made after oh, okay. two thousand, we won't cover it for a couple of reasons. Mostly because we are thirty five and thirty six respectively, and so it's like mm-hmm. that was right about you know we were in middle school in two thousand, and so that was kind of when we were, you know, we weren't watching as many kids movies. We're moving on to other things. But also the biggest reason is I hate <laughs> I hate the movie Shrek and I refuse to cover it and it came out in <laughs> 2001. So I'm like, this is our cutoff. <laughs> I'm not watching it. I'm not talking about it. And so I've I've worked it into the format that I won't ever have to. What if, uh, you know, at some point, are you going to cover like the remakes of the Disney movies? I realize they came out in current day, but you could just rehash previous episodes and just That's pretend true. like it's the new the new movies. <laughs> we could. Yeah, if we if we're still doing this in 10 years, 15 years, mm-hmm. yeah. Cuz I mean, we've it's like 
so I mean the cutoff is 2000 but anything before is fair game so we've done all the way up to like you know Lady and the Tramp which came out in the 50s so Mm. there are a lot of movies out there and we only cover one a month so Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna be we've got material for quite some time but yeah if we get to that point we can do the only time we've done a new movie was for our Patreon in November we covered Good Burger 2 because it had just come out And we were like, this one's a little more, you know, it's not a remake. It's a sequel to this movie that we all loved as kids. So (laughs) we're going to go ahead and cover this one. It is interesting. Like you mentioned, like Lady and Tram coming out in like the 50s. That's fascinating. Like there's, I mean, when you think of a lot of these old Disney animated movies, you don't realize how old a lot of them are. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I had like Pinocchio, things like that. That's probably like a slightly older one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Pinocchio, Peter Pan. Um, 101 Dalmatians. Those are all like 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Really old. For the other weird thing to think about, you know, you think like, oh, yeah, these movies are so old. And also, it's kind of hard to, you know, wrap your brain around now, given what the climate of, you know, the world today. But Disney was not this like huge powerhouse that it used to be. Yeah. And it almost shut down so many times. Like there were multiple times where Walt Disney was like, let's just not make movies anymore and we'll focus on Disney World and TV shows. And like the idea yeah. that that Disney would not make movies anymore is just it's just baffling. But I mean, they were it, really struggling. It's like, I mean, even today when you think about it, like obviously Disney massive. Right. But just just the idea of like having to get a, a film out and promote it like there's it's so saturated. It's like unbelievably difficult to get the recognition for certain projects. You see that in any industry, like entertainment yeah. wise now, any film, like TV show, even like content creators, like on YouTube, things like that. It's just, it's so easy to make content and get it in front of an audience in general. Yeah. That it's hard to like stand out from the crowd. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I pulled it. I didn't realize how old some of these were. Snow White came out in 1937. Mm-hmm. Pinocchio was 1940. Yeah. It's uh I, I thought they were all like 50s and 60s. I didn't realize they went back that far. Yep. Yeah. Well, some of them, if you rewatch them, it's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. racist. <laughs> so definitely <laughs> a lot older than, you yeah. know, we watched these as kids, but, ooh, you could not make that movie today. So, <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. It's interesting. It is also interesting watching like uh, the insp- how they've changed it from like the inspirations for some of them. Like uh-huh. how like Pinocchio is much darker, like Peter Pan, much yeah. darker. The original content, I mean, even like Simba is from Kimba, the white lion, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily darker, but, you know, seeing these inspirations. Um, yeah, the source material is usually pretty dark. Mm-hmm. And I think Disney used to be a lot darker, too. In fact, it was kind of like... um it was a bone of contention for Don Bluth who has made a lot of, he made land before time and um, he's done a ton of other movies. And of course I can't think of a single one right now. Rockadoodle (laughs) um, secrets of Nim. Like those are, you know, he did Anastasia, Mm. but he straight up quit Disney over Fox and the Hound because they weren't, they didn't kill anybody off. Hmm. And he was like, it, it makes way more sense if you kill this dog. Yeah. You know, the anger and the like fight at the end of this movie makes more sense if you kill this dog off. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. That's too that's too dark for kids. And he was like, you guys are a bunch of weak little babies. <laughs> and I'm out. I'm going to make movies where I kill off main characters and make kids cry. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, so straight up murdered Mufasa anyway, then. Well, it's true. I mean, they did oh. still kill characters, but he was just like, no, it needs more death. I'm leaving. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I feel yeah. like they were a lot darker and back in the 40s and 50s. And they also, they put a lot more, I mean, you had to put a lot more work into them because you didn't have mm-hmm. computers, you know, everything was hand-drawn and stuff like For that. Sure. But also Disney was like, no, we are not, we're not churning movies out like crazy. We are not a movie factory. We are making one movie mm-hmm. every four years. And the so, animation style was, was super interesting. Like yeah. Back in the day, like watching how fluid it all is. Yes, I love like it. Moves. Jungle Book well, in particular. I, we have uh, animation styles from the Jungle Book. Yes. It's yeah, yeah. super. There's a specific scene I'm thinking of where it's just Mowgli walking through the jungle, like kicking the dirt. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is so like fluid and realistic, like the movements of it. Yes. Whereas like nowadays, I mean, there's a lot of animation nowadays. It's also very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of it is all right, let's just do quick movements and we can cut out like 15 frames here where we don't have to animate it or have the computer animate it. Yeah, or it's it's too fluid to a point where you're like, well, this is not how a person moves. You know, it's yeah. too fast. It's too... But yeah, I really like the the old animation styles. And once you're like picking them apart and seeing who's working on them, it's really cool mm-hmm. to notice like, oh, I can see that guy's like hand in this. Yeah. Like for instance, one of our favorites here here i'm sitting i say that because i'm sitting in our studio like one of our favorites at our podcast is um his name is milt call he's dead now but he worked on so many movies like back in the day like he worked on jungle book and he worked on sword in the stone and all those and you can see he has the signature thing that he does where his characters will like wiggle their head back and forth while they're talking because it's really hard to do to get their like mouth movements to sync up at the same time as their head moving around so much but he was like i'm so good watch what i can do and he did it all the time and so once you know like that that's his thing and you go back and watch these movies that he's like a part of you're like Mm -hmm. oh shit there it is again (laughs) and then there he is like in the in the credits so i wonder how much of that is used is them doing like i know disney does like rotoscoping if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with that yeah yeah, yeah, like it, I mean, that's super fast. I think that's what they did for like the Jungle Book and stuff as well. I know they did it for like Cinderella and Snow White, things like mm-hmm. that, where it's literally they're just taking film and just sketching over it essentially. Yeah. And, well, and they also reuse a lot of the same scenes. Like you were talking do. about yeah. that scene in Jungle Book where Mowgli's like mm-hmm. walking around. They used a lot of those in Sword in the Stone too. They were just like, mm-hmm. now his hair is blonde and he looks like this, you know, but they just changed this and this over here. And just put it in that movie now. They did, I, I think, think they did cool. that with, uh, what is the, oh my God, I can't think of it. Robin Hood with the yeah. bears. They have uh, Blue and then they have, is it Lil John? I guess? Mm-hmm. I think it's the bear in that one. Yep. Yeah. And it's just straight up the exact same one. They just changed the color of the bear. Oh yeah. <laughs> and very, and I mean, a lot of the scene, and it's the same voice actor too. So <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. like the scenes where they're like dancing with Cousin Louie, that exact mm-hmm. So many of those dance sequences are in Robin Hood. It's just Cousin Louie is now a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Baloo is, well, he's still there, <laughs> but yeah. he has a hat on this time. But yeah, it's just the same exact scene where they're just like, we already drew it. Why would we mm-hmm. Let's just use it again? It's our stuff. We, uh, I've tried doing some rotoscoping work and it's, uh, I should not have gone with like a more realistic approach. Like we tried doing it with like live action and then switching it to sort of realistic. Mm-hmm. animation and oh my god that was a lot of work for no payoff essentially because yeah. uh i don't i don't have a background in like animation or anything 
mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this could be an interesting attempt. And uh, yeah, it was it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine it's hard. It's, you know, easier now, but mm-hmm. it's still a difficult. And like you said, so much work with and you're like, oh, cool. I made five seconds. Yeah, there's like AI tools you can use. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's called Absinthe is what I used. Yeah. Where you basically, uh, w- what I did is I just took sample videos where it's like four shots maybe, and you take them. I'd hand like draw the like the first, uh, it frame from the the scene. Uh-huh. Do uh you know one at the end maybe, and then you just input it into the AI software and it just automatically connects the two based on the video and it it animates it for you essentially. Oh. And it works somewhat well. Yeah. But there's a lot of tear at some points, especially if the colors are sort of the same in the background where yeah. they'll get confused. And it's it's interesting to see, but it yeah, it's not perfect. You really have to make it a point to like have everything stand out and visually like pop so that it it can see like the difference between all the different colors and things like that. Yeah. I've been meaning to try and get into more stuff like just animation in general. Uh, yeah. like rendering like 3D animation, but it's it's one of those skills where it just takes a ton of. I mean, a lot of skills or most skills are probably like that, where it takes a ton of time to really get good enough to where you can do it competently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I don't have an extra like 10 hours a day to learn right. how to <laughs> animate something. Yeah, it sounds like you're already doing a lot. So it's. Yeah, like I mean, like you said, two jobs, same, mm-hmm. same thing here, and then just managing everything else, trying to plan a wedding and move. <laughs> yeah. So oh, that's exciting. Yeah. It, uh, it, you know, <laughs> it's the the difficult, annoying part is getting everything sorted out. I suppose. But, I guess I don't. I just got married a couple months ago, and my mom mm-hmm. planned everything. So I was like, "Whatever uh, you want to do," because I <laughs> I told her I was just like, "Listen, I just want to do." like a courthouse and then a super chill party. And she was like, well, we want you to have a reception. And I was like, mm. knock yourself out. And she did. And it was beautiful. And I didn't have to do Fair anything, <laughs> which is the ideal situation. Yeah, there's, but. I mean, our situation is obviously there's, I mean, my family is spread out all over the place. And then mm-hmm. her family obviously being separate. And it's it's a lot of people who all have their opinion on it. <laughs> yeah. And like what should be done. It's like, thank you for the input. I will keep this in mind. Don't worry, I won't forget. You don't need to mention it again. It's all right up here in my head. <laughs> yeah, got, I'll, here, I'll write it down. Great, thank I'll, you. I'll write this down and store this in this nice silver bin I keep uh, <laughs> trash bag in. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't want all that. I didn't want like any kind of hassle or stress. So I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. And I didn't. I, I, I'm so, I, like, I don't like big events to begin with or like formal things. Like, I'm very right. much like. Like we have every year, like we have a family reunion on for Labor Day, like Labor Day picnic. Mm-hmm. And it's like even that like stresses me out because it's like 20 people, 25 people. I'm like, this is too many people. I just yeah. want to be able to sit down and have a conversation with somebody as opposed to show up and then have to talk to every single person separately and explain to them what I do for a living again. Yes, exactly. Like I just saw you last year, but no, it's fine. I'll tell yeah. you all about it. And then, of course, they have their opinions. Yeah, I just mostly for me the motivation was I don't like a lot of attention on me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm fine to like go to a party. I'm fine to 
sit, uh, you know, I'll talk to a bunch of people and mm-hmm. put on my game face and be like, or have like customer, you know, facing jobs. But the idea of yeah. like as the bride being up there and being like, everybody look at Rennie, everybody look at what she's doing. No, thank you. <laughs> like that is a nightmare. So it's like, I'm skipping all of that. We are not dancing. We're not doing this and that, you know, like, mm-hmm. so our ceremony had like 18 people. Yeah. And then the reception was a lot more, but I was like, again, I'm fine. I'm fine to walk around and schmooze and be like, oh my God, thank you so much for coming. It's so good <laughs> to see you, you know, whatever. But like, don't look at me. <laughs> Not everybody yeah, looking at me at once. We have our guest list basically made up of invites we're sending out. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of these people aren't going to be able to come, whether it be from like I, on my side of the family. It's a lot of older people, like sure. 70s to 90s even. I'm like, most of these people are not going to be able to come. They're just yeah. too old They're to be able to make the trip. Yeah. So like our actual guest like number will probably be closer to like 50, which I'm like, I'm still like, eh, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, like I said, my, my girlfriend wants to do the, the first dance and everything like that. And I was like, I will concede all of this. Sure. But I will give a speech. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my concession. Yeah. I, it's weird. Like, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not a people person because I like talking to people. Right. But I've never Obviously. enjoyed, like, public speaking or things like that. No. Unless it's I'm in control of the situation towards, like, oh, I yeah. get to decide what's going on, like, conversation-wise. Like, that's, I didn't like that when I was in school where it's like, get up here and give a presentation or yeah. we had, and when I was in college, we had a public speaking course. Oh, I hated God, that. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. all right, we're going to take turns. You get up here. Just talk about this, whatever the topic on hand was. Like what you did in the summer. It's like, yeah, okay. Like I'm being put on the spot here. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm being put on the spot. Like I don't enjoy that because like I'm having to come up with things off the top of my head, which I don't have a problem with in like a uh, controlled setting. But if I'm being put on the spot in a set- situation that I'm already not like in control of in any way it's unnerving but at a wedding said i'm in charge of even better like that's that's totally fine <laughs> but, oh, all right slight technical issue after i said that we almost never have technical issues <laughs> of course good. it has to show you be like well i can i can have technical issues yeah. so okay yeah, jokes on you right uh, but yeah, like I say, it's it's very different being in a situation in which like I'm able to dictate like the environment and the topic at hand as yeah. opposed to being just thrown to the wolves, essentially. I can see that. I think the biggest difference for me is whether or not I'm sitting down because hmm. like I hated, you know, public speaking classes, but I was fine with like creative writing classes where we went around and discussed what we were talking about, you know, and it's, but it's like, but mm-hmm. I didn't have to get up there and stand, you know, up there. And we've also like my co-host and I have hosted trivia a couple of times at local places. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, but everybody's looking at you then and you have a microphone and you're talking to everybody. I'm like, yes, but I am sitting down and that's the mm-hmm. difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, th- I don't know what the actual line is for me. Like I said, like I, I worked in jobs where I was thrown into like, Oh, we need you to like, tell the staff like this or whatever or like get around the same bit like when i was Mm -hmm. in high school i worked at a grocery store and i was just thrown into a supervisory position because the person above me quit and they're like you're the only person we have that's competent enough to do this yeah please please do this like okay so it's like me in high school in charge of high schoolers oh my god (laughs) and like all right here's what we need to do and Mm -hmm. it's like i mean like i said i've done that in numerous positions over the years when i was at the university working being like all right everyone you know we need to figure all this out and like just leading a team and yeah i don't i'm not sure if it's just like i'm more comfortable with public speaking now 
like as mm-hmm. I've gotten older, or if it's just uh, being kind of backed into a corner, like, well, this has to get done. Let's just do it and just kind of putting my own self, my own toes to the fire, maybe. Yeah, but, I do feel like being in charge is a little bit different where you're like, you mm-hmm. have to listen to me. <laughs> I've yeah. I've been appointed as your leader, so you have to listen as opposed to like, if you're just, let me just stand up here and tell you about this topic. And then it's like mm-hmm. all you as the audience are doing is sitting there judging me. You know, you don't really have to For listen sure. to what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You just have, I just have to give this presentation and my teacher has to listen. You guys can just sit there and be like, wow, she's so nervous. What an idiot. Yeah. Which of course is not what they're thinking. They're all <laughs> thinking like, oh my God, I have to go next. Yeah. Did I practice? <laughs> Do I have my note? You know, nobody's focusing on you as much as you think they are almost ever. But mm-hmm. still, of course, you're thinking like everyone's looking at me and, you know, judging me, I guess yeah, is the it, biggest fear. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, because like I said, I think it's the in certain situations, like people get stage fright, obviously, like mm-hmm. I think that's more of like you're wanting feedback in some instances, like you're you're hoping that you receive like positive reinforcement in right. some instances. And that could be part of it. Whereas, like I said, in a like a supervisory position, it's just like this is the deal. None of us really have a say in this. Let's just get this over with. Yeah. And you're, you're all sort of on the same page. You're not you're just not looking for approval or, to, you know, denial in any way. It's just this is how it is. Yeah. Yeah, I but, think so. Yeah. Like I said, at our wedding, I'm going to give my little speech at some point. And it's just going to basically be a type five where I'm just say whatever I feel like saying. Yeah. And that'll be fun for me. Maybe not anyone else. But <laughs> You know, it's your wedding. You're the one who's supposed to be having fun. So that, who cares? You know, as they say, it's, it is usually the groom's big day. That's what most people say. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you should be having fun is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'll, that'll be my way to make up for things is me getting to stand up there and make jokes at the expense of my family. Yes. Good. <laughs> but yeah, it. Um, I was going back to sort of what we were talking about before with, with your show. Is yeah. there like a particular movie that you want to cover that you just haven't covered yet? that you're like, oh, I really want to do this one. Because I would imagine that's like one of the first ones you would cover generally. Yeah. Hmm. There are some Shrek. that I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we're just working our way towards Shrek. That'll be the last yeah. one. Everything we'll cover Shrek and then we'll be Shrek. like, show's over. Oh yeah. my God, it does though. It, every day somebody reminds me that Shrek exists and I'm like, could I just go mm-hmm. one day without <laughs> seeing his big stupid face? Just one. It's either Shrek or The Lion King one and a half. Those are the two big movies that people are usually request. Really? <laughs> No. Oh, no, here. We don't take requests for that reason. I'm like, I don't care what you think. <laughs> no, that's so mean. That's not true. Um, let's see. Uh, it just kind of is more like we've compiled a list of basically every movie that's ever been made mm-hmm. that was rated G or PG for the last uh, 100 years or whatever. Um, and Do it's. To, I'm sorry. Do you have to like oh, read fine. out some of the PG movies? Because like, is it the rating system was sort of different back you know, 10, 15 years ago, even obviously yeah. pre 2000s. Cause like Jaws, I think was rated PG. You know, yeah. Well, like, until the, I think it was the mid eighties, the PG 13 yeah. rating didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So it was either G and then like parental guidance. And then like, you shouldn't see this unless you're an adult. And then they're like, well, this movie isn't bad enough that no kids should come. But so yeah, yeah. it was, P- they've stuck PG 13 in there in the middle, like not that long ago. Um, but yeah, sometimes we'll watch a movie where it's like, oh, this is not for children. <laughs> and then other times, you know, sometimes our parents were a little bit not paying attention. And so we watched movies that weren't for kids and we cover them anyway because they were a big part of like big part of our childhoods. Like our one of our first episodes, we covered Liar Liar, which is 
not a kid's movie. You know, it's PG-13, has a little bit more, you know, it's not like really bad. But some of the jokes in there are a little bit like, hmm, now your kid's going to go ask you about that and you're going to have to explain what that means. And, you know, he has like sex with his boss in one of the scenes. But Mm -hmm. my co-host watched it so much as a kid that they were like, I don't care that it's not for kids. We are covering this movie because it was part of my childhood in a big way. (laughs) So we, I mean... We don't really weed them out. If it's rated PG, then we'll cover it. And then we'll be like, well, that wasn't for children. But our podcast is not for children. So, you know, even though we're covering kids movies, we're like, hey, if you're a kid, don't listen to this. (laughs) This is not for you. (laughs) So, no, we don't we don't really do that. It mostly is just I mean, there are some movies that I'm probably looking forward to because I have like good memories of them. But We've covered a lot of my favorites. We've already covered Robin Hood and Angels in the Outfield, which were some of my favorites growing up. Mm-hmm. But we try to keep it. We mostly just go, okay, you know, this mo- this month we did an animated movie. Next month, let's make sure it's live action. I see. This month it came, you know, the movie was from the 90s. So let's like go back into the 70s or just like keeping them thematically different. We'll try and sprinkle in every once in a while. We'll put one that has like, a below 20% rating on Rotten Tomatoes because we're like, okay, this is going to be terrible. So, you know, if we did all the movies that we loved in a row, we would just be stuck with these movies that we'd Mm -hmm. never heard of or are really bad or whatever. So we just try to keep it different each month. Is there there a a movie you have that you definitively know is your favorite movie? I think Robin Hood. Is definitely up there as far as like Disney movies go, or maybe Angels in the Outfield. I don't know. I really love baseball, so it might be that one. (laughs) Although we watched that one, and my co-host was like, "This is so boring. That seventy-five (laughs) percent of this movie is just a baseball game." I'm like, "I know, so I love it." They're like, "I hate this." (laughs) But for me, favorite movie from that time period, even yeah, Yeah. it's hard. There's so many good ones. Yeah, I think Black Cauldron. Really? Yeah, I really like that movie for whatever reason. It's so scary. It's creepy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I remember, I thought, I forget. Like, I don't think my girlfriend had even heard of that. And I looked it up. I was like, you never saw this? And she's like, no. I'm like, yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> like, God, the, what's his face? The Horned King should be like, mm-hmm. he deserves like an R-rated, like metal <laughs> opera. Yeah. So that he can be like as terrifying as he should be. Because I mean, he's terrifying in that movie and it's they supposed a, to be for children. But like, they had a video I want, game based on the oh, movie no. too. And it yeah. was, it, it's one of the jankiest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it's just like, it's bizarre. Like it, the solutions to problems are things like you would never consider. Or it's like, oh, of course that there's just this bush that you have to walk behind and suddenly like whatever item is behind here is here. Oh and, yeah. Uh, there's a point where you have to climb a rope to get up to the top of the mountains. And it's one of those games where you have one save, like you save the game and it's like, all right, now this is your fallback point and oh, no. you just save it you could be in the middle of an action and you could save it and if you screw up it's like oh now you're just stuck here so you could save oh. state it and ruin your entire progress yeah but yeah you're climbing up a rope and you I, you just have to hit the, i forget what the buttons are at this point sold but you just have to hit these two buttons in the perfect rhythm to climb it up or you just fall to your death oh, i remember God. getting stuck there oh. and uh the end of the game like you fight the horn king mm-hmm. and if i remember correctly you're just you start on like a ledge up top in the room that he's in and you just throw something down at him and that's it. And it's over. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the most anticlimactic <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. Well, I guess that cut, that's kind of how the movie ends, too, where it's just like, you know, if just one person sacrifices themselves, his whole deal is done. So yeah. 
there's like yeah you just it was the getting to the it was mm-hmm. the journey. It was about the climb, you know? I, I was trying to remember, like, what the age range was. Because obviously I haven't seen it since I was a child. I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder if my little brother is, like, too old for it, you know, at this point. But maybe not. Like, he's 10. Like, I Yeah, I don't know. Probably, that might be. But... It depends on if he's prone to nightmares or not. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, it's sort of, yikes. It's, I don't know. It's weird. Like, he watches, like, I don't want to say, like, Marvel movies are, like, mature. But, like, he watches, like, content like that where it's, like, mm-hmm. there are horror elements to them i forget what not marvel related but like other films i forget what my dad said they had watched but who knows oh yeah i'll have to see maybe next time we'll go out and see them we'll watch that watch it in time for the the holidays it's a really (laughs) christmas oriented film oh yeah yeah but do you have a do you have a favorite film outside like past the 2000s like the 90s rather that you wish you could cover because it's something you thoroughly enjoy but it doesn't fit with the theme of the show um, I think one that we will, so we kind of cheat sometimes and we'll do those on the Patreon if it's like maybe a yeah. little bit outside of the, or if it's R-rated or if it's whatever. Like yeah. we are probably at some point going to cover School of Rock because it's one of the greatest oh, okay. movies of all time, but it came out mm-hmm. in 2003. Yeah. I think um, that was that old too. God, time flies by when you're. I know. Just working your ass off. Right. <laughs> Slaving away your entire life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so School of Rock, I probably Pirates of the Caribbean 2, which is, again, I think came out in 2001. So it's like right there on the edge. But I, I don't know. I kind of flip flop. It's like rules that I've made up for myself. You know what I mean? Like, and there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't go. Yeah, we're doing this movie that came out in 2001. Yeah, we still are never going to cover Shrek. Whatever. You don't make the rules over here on this podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, so maybe maybe we'll do those one day or we'll do them like as a patreon so usually what we do on the patreon is we'll pick a movie that is rated r that kind Mm -hmm. of relates to the kids movie that we're covering that month because they're like similar in fashion Mm -hmm. Um, you watch you watch like a flubber or something mm -hmm. and uh, you have to find a similar themed movie that's like more mature like the, the goo monster or something I'm, right the worst example i could give was flubber i'm like there's nothing at all that relates to that i know i was like racking my brain like what i'm like oh man do? i backed myself into a corner here i'm like i have there's nothing i can say that's going to be even close to relating to this yeah well sometimes <laughs> the uh connections are pretty tenuous like for instance yeah. one month we did the borrowers which is i don't know if you remember that movie but there's mm. like a bunch of little people living in their walls and taking their stuff and then they're threatening to like oh, tear okay. the house the down mice right they're little people. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're like tiny little, they're, it's really cute, but they're tiny little people who live in the walls and they like, oh, we use this bottle cap as our plate or oh, whatever. Okay. So I they just take little things. Yeah. 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 So for the Patreon movie that month, we did uh, Demolition Man because I was like, well, Dennis Leary and his little guys are kind of like living underground and like stealing scraps and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. very loosely connected. Sometimes, so you, but just you kind watch of like Lilo and Stitch, and then on the Patreon you watch like Alien. Yes, like <laughs> that was much better. I'm, Good I'm job. over here furiously googling <laughs> like what are children's alien movies. Yeah, some sometimes it's hard to pick, but I mean, so yeah, maybe we might do like the Alien connection there, or just kind of that feeling of like fish out of water. You know, this guy doesn't belong mm-hmm. here, and he's trying to fit in. So maybe pick a movie like that. I mean, for Christmas we, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. For Christmas, we're doing Jingle All the Way is the movie that we're covering. And then on the Patreon, we're doing Die Hard because 
it's a Christmas. Yeah, they're both Christmas movies that star like big beefy action star guys. Whatever. That's that's mm-hmm. all the connection that we need. Hopefully, Die Hard all the way is nothing movie, like though. Die Hard. You know, question. honestly, I've never seen it, so I cannot weigh in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch it today, though. Just because a, a film panic. takes place around Christmas. Does that make it a Christmas movie? Is really no. the argument that people are making. I know, I know. No, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. I think there are Christmas elements, but Christmas is not the point. Mm-hmm. The point of the film is terrorism and uh, kicking <laughs> ass. So, which are not. And nothing really says Christmas like terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't. I don't think it's a Christmas movie. I think that. And this might be a little controversial, but I think most people who say that Die Hard is their favorite Christmas movie are just contrarians who are like Hmm. trying to start. I don't know if they feel special or they're trying to start a fight, you know, and it's like, okay, congratulations. I'm so glad that Die Hard is your favorite Christmas movie. My favorite is Muppet Christmas Carol, and I'm having a way better time. So, you know, knock yourself out. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't even have a favorite Christmas movie. I don't even know what, what I would suggest. Uh, well, I, then it just should be Muppet Christmas Carol because it's the best Christmas movie of okay. all time. <laughs> I There was a time where I liked Elf with Will Ferrell. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's one of those movies that has just gotten replayed so often that I've res- I come to resent it just yeah. because of the amount of times it's been replayed. Yep, it has I've heard that with from... the quality of the movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I totally get that. I've heard that from uh, a couple people recently that they're like, I used to like that movie. It's yeah. just I think it's such a safe, you know, it, I don't know. Nobody's going to get mad about watching Elf that it's like, it's Christmasy. Just put that on, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. We, when I was in high school, that movie had come out, of, I think it's like 2003 or something. Maybe I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I was in high school. I remember it was like the day before we left for Christmas vacation, uh, Christmas break rather. Mm-hmm. And they would play Elf on the t- the TVs in the, the rooms, in the classroom. Yep. But for some reason that I can't, I still to this day can't wrap my head around. Every time we switched class, they would restart the film oh my God. as though we hadn't been watching it in the previous class. So we watched the first 40 minutes of Elf like six times. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, why, why are they doing this to us? It's like I, we're leaving the realm of holiday entertainment and we're entering into psychological torture. Like this might it be really a social is. experiment that you're like, doing. This is like a Groundhog Day scenario, which we just <laughs> cannot get out of the first 40 minutes of this i need to know how it ends is he gonna reconnect with his father i just (laughs) just one time i would like to watch the end he's got the holiday spirit but (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah that and then just like i said like part of it too is just how early they start promoting christmas stuff doesn't help me yeah capacity oh i yeah I'm, i'm very much against like the the commercial mindset of it like of buying like we don't go very big on christmas at all other than the mm-hmm. food but like we yeah. don't go out and buy a ton of gifts and things like that like, i i really don't like that side of it and no. seeing like christmas stuff go up for sale in like august september i'm like yeah. this is too early like we haven't had thanksgiving we haven't had right. halloween <laughs> no i hate it and it's by the time you actually get to christmas day it's like i'm Exhausted. sick of it yeah. yeah like i i have heard i've seen all the things i've heard all the i mean i fortunately have been out of the retail game for a few years Mm -hmm. now so that helps a little bit because i'm not hearing christmas music constantly i'm not having to plan for christmas but -hmm. working in retail makes it even worse too where you're just constantly looking like two weeks or working in you know like 
retail food basically is what I was working mm-hmm. in. So it's just like two weeks into the future all the time. Okay. This is going out. We have to plan for this, make food for that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like exhausting and you don't get to enjoy the now. And I mean, not to get too like existential in the chat about it, but if you're constantly looking to the future and being like, mm-hmm. Christmas is coming, make sure you're planning for it. Make sure it's like, well, what's happening right now today? Like, am yes. I <laughs> present in the current day? Do I even remember today or am I planning for constantly mm-hmm. looking forward to like what's coming next and plan? Like I would like to enjoy fall. It is currently fall <laughs> and I would like to sit in it for a little bit, you know, and do fall things. Yeah. And then I'll think I about mean, Christmas, Christmas is on barely even in the first. I know. Four, four days in the I do think yeah. they should shift all the months about like all the seasons about one month early. <laughs> Chris, winter should start in November. Although then I guess Thanksgiving would be in winter, which is also wrong. So hmm. I don't know. Nobody asks me these things. Yeah. Why aren't we in charge of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Working, working in marketing though, like I feel like exactly. I mean, I used to work in retail as well, mm-hmm. but like working in marketing, it's like we are planning things out. Like I said, like August, like at the latest, we're planning things out for like the holidays. Right, we have to get everything on the same page. Like this is when we need to launch this like advertising campaign. Mm-hmm. This is when these Christmas themed like products should be going out. Uh, like anything related to Christmas, like or Thanksgiving, like these. This is when this content should be uploaded, and it's just. It's exhausting. Yeah. I say all this while I look out my office window and I can see them having a Christmas themed uh, carnival outside. Yeah. They have a, an arts and crafts festival. And uh, yeah, it's, it is exhausting. At a it's point. too much. And it, it makes Christmas less special because yeah. you're like, well, it's been Christmas for three months now and mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. You know, so yeah. I I try to keep it to a minimum. I didn't decorate my house until the day before the gingerbread house party that I threw. So that was like the 13th. So I was like, okay, we're like halfway through the month. I have a couple weeks of Christmas and mm-hmm. then it's over. You know, it's just, it's too much. Part of it too is like the optics of certain things. Like my girlfriend's mom is very much one of those people that likes to have like a full Christmas tree, like display, like present wise underneath. Yeah. And it's like, you know, as adults, like things are just expensive that we want. Like, <laughs> anything that's yeah. reasonably priced, we just buy whenever we want it or need it. It's like, yeah, for gifts, though, it's like, well, here's something I wouldn't normally purchase. And I wouldn't normally purchase it because it's hundreds of dollars or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's like it's I either like, bought it for myself or I, I'm i not going to ask you to buy it because that's ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get but, that. But I mean, we've focused like we've shifted like my family has shifted our focus mm-hmm. from, you know, less into opening presents and more just hanging out with each other and playing games oh, all day. Sure, yeah. So we, I mean, we just gamble on Christmas day. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be playing poker. So, Fair enough. you know, just, just got to shift what you do. Yeah. No, like I said, like my girlfriend, and I don't go crazy for like present wise. I think her mom just likes the visuals of it. Yeah. So she'll just wrap up. Like, what can I get that are small things that I can just wrap yeah. up just to have one of the tree? I'm like, all right, whatever, I guess. <laughs> Sure. I mean, you yeah. know, if it makes her happy, then yeah, okay. Then part part of it too is just scheduling everything around Christmas, which is why mm-hmm. I get particularly exhausted this time of year because it's like my family is so dispersed. It's like, all right, let's have Christmas Eve here. Love Christmas Day. We'll be here, and it's like, all right, now let's coordinate. We have three other groups of people we need to meet up with at some point. Yeah, it's like scheduling like five to six Christmases every year. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. But I'm pretty fortunate. I mean. I don't know. My family's pretty small, so it's just like, okay, we'll be here Christmas Day or going down to my husband's family who's he's only about three hours away, like his parents. Mm-hmm. So not too bad. We'll only have the the two that we have to 
you know, kind of contend with. But yeah, I can see, you know, the bigger mm. your family gets or the more spread out or it's just like. That's, we have a big family and they're spread out is, is not a problem. It's like, it's hey, like, you guys come here. Just consolidate yeah. every, once yeah. for once, please. We used to do that. <laughs> everyone would come home like for the hall, like for Christmas, like everyone would come home. It's like, all right, we have two Christmases, like with, you know, everyone on my mom's side of the family. And then I'd go and like see my dad. And yeah. Be, it. It'd be nice and easy. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, well, we got other like Christmas plans. We all have to go here to see this family member or this cousin or whatever. It's like, oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, luckily for it. you, Christmas is three months long, so <laughs> you oh, can spread it out. Even longer, it seems. <laughs> Be like, I'll come see you in August, which isn't te- like technically Christmas, but you know, I saw a Santa. And on we a just the got other done day, with so. Christmas in July, so it's almost a year-round <laughs> thing at this point. Ah, oh, gross. Ugh. But. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to, to touch on here before we wrapped up, actually. No, I don't think but, so. Okay. Where can uh, where can everyone go to, to check out all your stuff? Oh, absolutely. Um, our podcast is on all the platforms, all the big ones, Spotify, Apple, etc. Mm-hmm. Just search Replay Rewind. And then if you want, like I said, if you want our takes on... Uh, I I always Shrek. go to say, yes, I always go to say adult movies. I'm like, no, 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 no. So we say uh, grown up movies. If you want some grown up, which also sounds bad, but movies for grown ups, I don't know. You can tell I work It's like a parent explaining so like, to their kid. We're filming yeah. a, a grown up movie. It's like, Ugh. this is for grown ups. Yeah. I'm like, what R rated movies, I guess, is what there I'm trying is. to say. But so those that's over on Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash replay rewind podcast. And if you want X videos, they're over on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not. We did. Oh my god! My co-host was like, "What if we did? What if we actually did an adult movie once?" And I was like, <laughs> "I mean, that would be hilarious, but also just awful." But I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, so for R-rated movies, so for, those are all on Patreon, and then our Instagram is just Replay Rewind Podcast. If you want to go check that out and see what we're up to currently, awesome. that's a good place to start. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a really good time. Me too. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Any Anytime. Anytime. Um, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you coming on and talking about the... It, it's a real throwback. Like, I've not thought about, like, those films I used to watch as a kid in, since I was a kid. Essentially. Yeah. So that was cool. I like talking about cooking and, and baking and things like that, even though I'm less experienced on the baking side of things. But Sure. No, it was a, it was a, it was a really good time. So thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, everyone, you can go check out digestproductions.live. Links in the description. Got all of our stuff on there. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.